0: Chapter 18 of Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The twelve years, continued Mrs. Dean, following that dismal period were the happiest of my life. My greatest troubles in their passage rose from our little lady's trifling illnesses, which she had to experience in common with all children, rich and poor. For the rest, after the first six months, she grew like a larch and could walk and talk too in her own way before the heath blossomed a second time over mrs linton's dust she was the most winning thing that ever brought sunshine into a desolate house a real beauty in face with the earnshaw's handsome dark eyes but the linton's fair skin and small features and yellow curling hair her spirit was high though not rough and qualified by a heart sensitive and lively to excess in its affections That capacity for intense attachments reminded me of her mother. Still she did not resemble her, for she could be soft and mild as a dove, and she had a gentle voice and pensive expression. Her anger was never furious, her love never fierce, it was deep and tender. However, it must be acknowledged she had faults to foil her gifts. A propensity to be saucy was one, and a perverse will that indulged children invariably acquire, whether they be good-tempered or cross. If a servant chanced to vex her, it was always, "'I shall tell papa!' And if he reproved her, even by a look, you would have thought it a heart-breaking business. I don't believe he ever did speak a harsh word to her. He took her education entirely on himself, and made it an amusement. Fortunately, curiosity and a quick intellect made her an apt scholar. She learned rapidly and eagerly, and did honour to his teaching. Till she reached the age of thirteen she had not once been beyond the range of the park by herself. Mr. Linton would take her with him a mile or so outside, on rare occasions, but he trusted her to no one else. Gimmerton was an unsubstantial name in her ears, the chapel the only building she had approached or entered, except her own home. Wuthering Heights and Mr. Heathcliff did not exist for her, she was a perfect recluse, and, apparently, perfectly contented. Sometimes, indeed, while surveying the country from her nursery window, she would observe—
1: "'Ellen, how long will it be before I can walk to the top of those hills? I wonder what lies on the other side. Is it the sea?'
0: "'No, Miss Cathy,' I would answer. It is hills again, just like these.'
1: "'And what are those golden rocks like when you stand under them?'
0: she once asked— the abrupt descent of peniston crags particularly attracted her notice especially when the setting sun shone on it and the topmost heights and the whole extent of landscape besides lay in shadow i explained that they were bare masses of stone with hardly enough earth in their clefts to nourish a stunted tree
1: and why are they bright so long after it is evening here
0: she pursued because they are a great deal higher up than we are replied i You could not climb them. They are too high and steep. In winter the frost is always there before it comes to us, and deep into summer I have found snow under that black hollow on the northeast side." "'Oh, you have been on them!' she cried gleefully.
1: "'Then I can go too, when I am a woman. Has papa been, Ellen?'
0: "'Papa would tell you, miss,' I answered hastily, "'that they are not worth the trouble of visiting, The moors where you ramble with him are much nicer, and Thrushcross Park is the finest place in the world.
1: But I know the park, and I don't know those,
0: she murmured to herself,
1: and I should delight to look round me from the brow of that tallest point. My little pony Minnie shall take me some time.
0: One of the maids mentioning the fairy cave quite turned her head with a desire to fulfill this project. She teased Mr. Linton about it and he promised she should have the journey when she got older. But Miss Catherine measured her age by months, and—
1: "'Now am I old enough to go to Penniston Crags?'
0: was the constant question in her mouth. The road thither wound close by Wuthering Heights. Edgar had not the heart to pass it, so she received as constantly the answer.
2: "'Not yet, love. Not yet.'
0: I said Mrs. Heathcliff lived above a dozen years after quitting her husband her family were of a delicate constitution she and edgar both lacked the ruddy health that you will generally meet in these parts what her last illness was i am not certain i conjecture they died of the same thing a kind of fever slow at its commencement but incurable and rapidly consuming life towards the close she wrote to inform her brother of the probable conclusion of a four months indisposition under which she had suffered and entreated him to come to her, if possible, for she had much to settle, and she wished to bid him adieu, and deliver Linton safely into his hands. Her hope was that Linton might be left with him, as he had been with her. His father, she would fain convince herself, had no desire to assume the burden of his maintenance or education. My master hesitated not a moment in complying with her request, reluctant as he was to leave home at ordinary calls. He flew to answer this commanding catherine to my peculiar vigilance in his absence with reiterated orders that she must not wander out of the park even under my escort he did not calculate on her going unaccompanied he was away three weeks the first day or two my charge sat in a corner of the library too sad for either reading or playing in that quiet state she caused me little trouble but it was succeeded by an interval of impatient fretful weariness and being too busy and too old then to run up and down amusing her i hit on a method by which she might entertain herself i used to send her on her travels round the grounds now on foot and now on a pony indulging her with a patient audience of all her real and imaginary adventures when she returned the summer shone in full prime and she took such a taste for this solitary rambling that she often contrived to remain out from breakfast till tea and then the evenings were spent in recounting her fanciful tales i did not fear her breaking bounds because the gates were generally locked and i thought she would scarcely venture forth alone if they had stood wide open unluckily my confidence proved misplaced catherine came to me one morning at eight o'clock and said she was that day an arabian merchant going to cross the desert with his caravan and i must give her plenty of provision for herself and beasts a horse and three camels, personated by a large hound and a couple of pointers. I got together good stores of dainties and slung them in a basket on one side of the saddle, and she sprang up as gay as a fairy, sheltered by her wide-brimmed hat and gauze veil from the July sun, and trotted off with a merry laugh, mocking my cautious counsel to avoid galloping, and come back early. The naughty thing never made her appearance at tea, one traveller the hound being an old dog and fond of its ease returned but neither cathy nor the pony nor the two pointers were visible in any direction i dispatched emissaries down this path and that path and at last went wandering in search of her myself there was a labourer working at a fence round a plantation on the borders of the grounds i inquired of him if he had seen our young lady
1: i saw her at morn
0: he replied
2: she would have me to cut her hazel switch and then she leapt her galloway over the hedge yonder, where it is lowest, and galloped out of sight.
0: You may guess how I felt at hearing this news. It struck me directly. She must have started for Penniston Crags. What will become of her? I ejaculated, pushing through a gap which the man was repairing and making straight to the high road. I walked as if for a wager, mile after mile, till a turn brought me in view of the heights, but no Catherine could I detect far or near the crags lie about a mile and a half beyond mr heathcliff's place and that is four from the grange so i began to fear night would fall ere i could reach them and what if she should have slipped in clambering among them i reflected and been killed or broken some of her bones my suspense was truly painful and at first it gave me delightful relief to observe, in hurrying by the farmhouse, Charlie, the fiercest of the pointers, lying under a window, with swelled head and bleeding ear. I opened the wicket and ran to the door, knocking vehemently for admittance. A woman whom I knew, and whom formerly lived at Gimmerton, answered. She had been servant there since the death of Mr. Earnshaw. "'Ah!' said she. "'You're
2: come a-seeking, you little mistress. Don't be frightened. She's here safe but i'm glad it isn't the master
0: he is not at home then is he i panted quite breathless with quick walking and alarm no no she replied
2: both he and joseph are off and i think they won't return this hour or more step in and rest you a bit
0: i entered and beheld my stray lamb seated on the hearth rocking herself in a little chair that had been her mother's when a child her hat was hung against the wall and she seemed perfectly at home laughing and chattering in the best spirits imaginable to heriton now a great strong lad of eighteen who stared at her with considerable curiosity and astonishment comprehending precious little of the fluent succession of remarks and questions which her tongue never ceased pouring forth very well miss i exclaimed concealing my joy under an angry countenance this is your last ride till papa comes back i'll not trust you over the threshold again you naughty naughty girl aha ellen she cried gaily jumping up and running to my side
1: i shall have a pretty story to tell to-night and so you've found me out have you ever been here in your life before
0: put that hat on and home at once said i i'm dreadfully grieved at you miss Cathy. you've done extremely wrong It's no use pouting and crying. That won't repay the trouble I've had scouring the country after you. To think how Mr. Linton charged me to keep you in, and you stealing off so. It shows you are a cunning little fox, and nobody will put faith in you any more.
1: What have I done?
0: sobbed she, instantly checked.
1: Papa charged me nothing. He'll not scold me, Ellen. He's never cross like you.
0: Come, come, I repeated. "'I'll tie the riband. Now let us have no petulance. "'Oh, for shame! You, thirteen years old, and such a baby!' "'This exclamation was caused by her pushing the hat from her head, "'and retreating to the chimney out of my reach.
2: "'Nay,'
0: said the servant,
2: "'don't be hard on the bonny lass, Mrs. Dean. "'We made her stop. She'd faint have ridden forward. I third you should be uneasy. "'Heriton offered to go with her, and I thought she should.' "'It's a wild road over the hills.'
0: Harriton, during the discussion, stood with his hands in his pockets, too awkward for speech, though he looked as if he did not relish my intrusion. "'How long am I to wait?' I continued, disregarding the woman's interference. "'It will be dark in ten minutes. Where is the pony, Miss Cathy? And where is Phoenix? I shall leave you unless you be quick, so please yourself.'
1: "'The pony is in the yard,'
0: she replied.
1: "'And Phoenix is shut in there.' He's bitten, and so is Charlie. I was going to tell you all about it, but you are in a bad temper and don't deserve to hear."
0: I picked up her hat and approached to reinstate it, but perceiving that the people of the house took her part, she commenced capering round the room, and on my giving chase ran like a mouse over and under and behind the furniture, rendering it ridiculous for me to pursue. Heriton and the woman laughed, and she joined them, and waxed more impertinent still, till I cried in great irritation. "'Well, Miss Cathy, if you were aware whose house this is, you'd be glad enough to get out!' "'It's your father's, isn't it?' said she, turning to Heriton. "'Nay,' he replied, looking down and blushing bashfully. He could not stand a steady gaze from her eyes, though they were just his own.
1: "'Who's, then? Your master's?'
0: she asked he colored deeper with a different feeling muttered an oath and turned away
1: who is his master
0: continued the tiresome girl appealing to me
1: he talked about our house and our folk i thought he had been the owner's son and he never said miss he should have done shouldn't he if he's a
0: servant harriton grew black as thunder cloud at this childish speech i silently shook my questioner and at last succeeded in equipping her for departure. "'Now get my horse,' she said, addressing her unknown kinsman as she would one of the stable-boys at the grange.
1: "'And you may come with me. I want to see where the goblin-hunter rises in the marsh, and to hear about the fairishes, as you call them. But make haste. What's the matter? Get my horse, I say.'
2: "'I'll see thee down before I be thy servant,'
0: growled the lad. "'You'll see me what?' asked catherine in surprise
2: damn thou saucy witch
0: he replied there miss cathy you see you have got into pretty company i interposed nice words to be used to a young lady pray don't begin to dispute with him come let us seek for Minnie ourselves and be gone but ellen cried she staring fixed in astonishment
1: how dare he speak so to me mustn't he be made to do as i ask him "'You wicked creature! I shall tell papa what you
0: said. Now, then!' Harriton did not appear to feel this threat, so the tears sprang into her eyes with indignation.
1: "'You bring the pony!'
0: she exclaimed, turning to the woman.
1: "'And let my dog free this moment!' "'Softly,
2: miss,'
0: answered she addressed,
2: "'you'll lose nothing by being civil. Though, Mr. Harriton, there, be not the master's son. He's your cousin, and I was never hired to serve you.' "'He, my cousin!'
0: cried Cathy with a scornful laugh.
1: "'Yes, indeed,'
0: responded her reprover.
1: "'Oh, Ellen, don't let them say such things!'
0: she pursued in great trouble.
1: "'Papa has gone to fetch my cousin from London. My cousin is a gentleman's son. That
0: my—' She stopped and wept outright, upset at the bare notion of relationship with such a clown. "'Hush, hush!' I whispered people can have many cousins and of all sorts miss cathy without being any the worse for it only they needn't keep their company if they be disagreeable and bad
1: he's not
0: he's not my cousin ellen she went on gathering fresh grief from reflection and flinging herself into my arms for refuge from the idea i was much vexed at her and the servant for their mutual revelations having no doubt of linton's approaching arrival communicated by the former being reported to mr heathcliff and feeling as confident that catherine's first thought on her father's return would be to seek an explanation of the latter's assertion concerning her rude bred kindred harriton recovering from his disgust at being taken for a servant seemed moved by her distress and, having fetched the pony round to the door, he took to propitiate her, a fine crooked-legged terrier whelp from the kennel, and putting it into her hand, bid her whist, for he meant not. Pausing in her lamentations, she surveyed him with a glance of awe and horror, then burst forth anew. I could scarcely refrain from smiling at this antipathy to the poor fellow, who was a well-made, athletic youth, Good looking in features, and stout and healthy, but attired in garments befitting his daily occupations of working on the farm and lounging among the moors after rabbits and game. Still, I thought I could detect in his physiognomy a mind owning better qualities than his father ever possessed. Good things lost amid a wilderness of weeds, to be sure, whose rankness far overtopped their neglected growth, yet notwithstanding evidence of a wealthy soil. That might yield luxuriant crops under other and favourable circumstances mr heathcliff i believe had not treated him physically ill thanks to his fearless nature which offered no temptation to that course of oppression he had none of the timid susceptibility that would have given zest to ill-treatment in heathcliff's judgment he appeared to have bent his malevolence on making him a brute He was never taught to read or write, never rebuked for any bad habit which did not annoy his keeper, never led a single step towards virtue, or guarded by a single precept against vice, and from what I heard Joseph contributed much to his deterioration by a narrow-minded partiality which prompted him to flatter and pet him, as a boy, because he was the head of the old family, and as he had been in the habit of accusing Catherine Earnshaw and Heathcliff when children of putting the master past his patience, and compelling him to seek solace in drink by what he termed their
1: Afford ways.
0: So at present he laid the whole burden of Heriton's faults on the shoulders of the usurper of his property. If the lad swore, he wouldn't correct him, nor however culpably he behaved. It gave Joseph satisfaction, apparently, to watch him go the worst lengths. He allowed that the lad was ruined that his soul was abandoned to perdition, but then he reflected that Heathcliff must answer for it. Harriton's blood would be required at his hands, and there lay immense consolation in that thought. Joseph had instilled into him a pride of name, and of his lineage. He would, had he dared, have fostered hate between him and the present owner of the Heights, but his dread of that owner amounted to superstition and he confined his feelings regarding him to muttered innuendos and private comminations. I don't pretend to be intimately acquainted with the mode of living customary in those days at Wuthering Heights. I only speak from hearsay, for I saw little. The villagers affirmed Mr. Heathcliff was near, and a cruel hard landlord to his tenants, but the house inside had regained its ancient aspect of comfort under female management and the scenes of riot common in hindley's time were not now enacted within its walls the master was too gloomy to seek companionship with any people good or bad and he is yet this however is not making progress with my story miss cathy rejected the peace offering of the terrier and demanded her own dogs charlie and phoenix they came limping and hanging their heads and we set out for home sadly out of sorts every one of us I could not wring from my little lady how she had spent the day, except that, as I supposed, the goal of her pilgrimage was Peniston Crags, and she arrived without adventure to the gate of the farmhouse, where Herriton happened to issue forth, attended by some canine followers who attacked her train. They had a smart battle before their owners could separate them. That formed an introduction. Catherine told Herriton who she was, and where she was going, and asked him to show her the way— finally beguiling him to accompany her he opened the mysteries of the fairy cave and twenty other queer places but being in disgrace i was not favoured with a description of the interesting objects she saw i could gather however that her guide had been a favourite till she hurt his feelings by addressing him as a servant and heathcliff's housekeeper hurt hers by calling him her cousin then the language he had held to her rankled in her heart She who was always love and darling and queen and angel with everybody at the Grange, to be insulted so shockingly by a stranger. She did not comprehend it, and hard work I had to obtain a promise that she would not lay the grievance before her father. I explained how he objected to the whole household at the Heights, and how sorry he would be to find she had been there. But I insisted most on the fact that if she revealed my negligence of his orders, he would perhaps be so angry that I should have to leave, and Cathy couldn't bear that prospect. She pledged her word, and kept it for my sake. After all, she was a sweet little girl. End of chapter 18